Hello and welcome to the second Rational National Podcast for Wednesday, May 1st, 2019. I'm your host, David Dole, and coming up in this podcast, Warren calls out Biden's corruption, followed by Dave Rubin's paid to embrace those that hate him, followed by Meghan McCain smears Ilhan Omar again, and ending on report corporate Canada dodging billions in taxes. Check it out. In a move that I honestly did not expect out of Elizabeth Warren, but I completely welcome, she called out Joe Biden's corruption. Watch. Our disagreement is a matter of public record. Uh, At a time when the biggest financial institutions in this country were trying to put the squeeze on millions of hardworking families who were in bankruptcy because of medical problems, job losses, divorce and death in the family, uh, there was nobody to stand up for them. I got in that fight because uh, they just didn't have anyone. And Joe Biden was on the side of the credit card companies. It's all a matter of public record. Damn. Now, this is uh, unexpected from Elizabeth Warren. This is not what she's usually done with Democrats. I mean, even as as recent as last week when she was in a scene in town hall, when she was asked how uh, she would do things differently than Barack Obama, she couldn't manage to say anything negative about Barack Obama or his strategy. So I kind of expected her to sort of sit back and not really be on the offensive. But here she is directly going after Joe Biden's ties to credit card companies. And I think because she is lower down in the polls right now, it sort of frees her up in her ability to uh, have these sorts of attacks on other candidates. Because if she was leading, I think it would be too much uh, of a risk for her to try and start, you know, uh, beef with anybody else on, uh, on in the primary. But because she is lower down in the ranks right now, having this kind of attack on a candidate like Joe Biden, who is just completely corrupted, as I've shown in another video, yeah, this is the right move. Now, I also want to share uh, Warren's fundraising email, which also touches on this. Quote, in the first 24 hours of his presidential campaign, welcome to the race, Joe Biden raised $6.3 million, Warren wrote. How did Joe Biden raise so much money in one day? Well, it helps that he hosted a swanky private fundraiser for wealthy donors at the home of the guy who runs Comcast's lobbying shop. Elizabeth is building a grassroots movement without holding any big money private fundraisers where you can only talk to her if you write a big check first, without taking a dime from federally registered lobbyists or PACs of any kind. It's the right thing to do. So this is the strategy that, uh, or not even just strategy, but this is the approach that Warren and both, uh, and Bernie as well, are taking to this primary. They are not accepting any, or they're not having any private fundraisers. They aren't accepting any corporate money. They are simply relying on individual donors. Now, in Warren's case, she has said that she is only doing this for the primary, so that if she actually wins the, uh, the nomination, she will open herself up to money from, I guess, private fundraisers, which I don't agree with. Uh, Bernie, though, appears to be just completely funded by individual donors. Even if he wins the primary, he'll still only rely on individual donors and not have these private fundraisers. I mean, Bernie has never had these private fundraisers. So for for Bernie, it's really not a surprise at all. Now, I also want to show you uh, how Biden's numbers break down here because they, they don't really add up. So when we actually look at the individual donors within the first 24 hours that I've given to each of these campaigns, Bernie had the uh, by far the most individual donors in the first 24 hours at 223,000. 
Biden is down at number three with only 96,000. So Bernie has had more than double the amount of individual donors that Biden had in the first 24 hours. Yet Biden was able to raise $6.3 million. Now, other people have tried to break down the numbers and have they've shown that there's actually... There is money that Biden has in that $6.3 million that isn't explained. So he raised about $4.4 million from individual donations. Then he, uh, the campaign did admit to raising $700,000 from big donor fundraisers in that major fundraiser he had with Comcast. But then there's other money missing. And no one knows where it came from. So it's not clear if that's money meant for the general election, which is a strategy that uh, Beto O'Rourke... Uh, and a few other candidates did that I covered in a, in a video recently. Or if it's coming from uh, uh, corporate PACs, or it's, it's really unclear where that missing money is coming from, because that it, it's about a million dollars. It allows Biden to say that he raised more than Bernie Sanders did. But they haven't explained, Biden hasn't explained where that, where that money has come from. So it, it seems manufactured in a way to say, oh, Biden raised the most in the first 24 hours. When really, if we break down the numbers and see where that money came from, I don't think it'll be as impressive as it seems on the face of it. But uh, regardless, I'm glad that Warren is calling out Biden's corruption here, and uh, I hope that she continues doing this. I I want you to continue to say you're, you're a liberal because you're, yeah. you're of great use. Conservative propagandist Dave Rubin is gay and gay married. Yet on his show where he pretends to be a classical liberal, he's had guests on that are completely intolerant towards his lifestyle. Now, before I get to these clips, I want to share these, uh, these tweets that paint a picture of the ideas that Dave Rubin has in his head. So in 2015, he tweeted this out. Being tolerant of intolerance is pure fucking stupidity. And then uh, earlier this year, he tweeted out, the left sees bigotry everywhere except where it actually is. Now, I find these tweets kind of interesting because being tolerant of intolerance is pure fucking stupidity. Yet, what if you have a guest on your show that is intolerant of homosexuality? Or what if you have a right winger on your show constantly like Ben Shapiro, who shows bigotry towards the LGBT community. Well, let me share these clips. So first up, here's a conservative guest that Dave Rubin had on who uh, said that he doesn't want to have a gay son. And Dave Rubin didn't even flinch, and the guest didn't even know that Dave Rubin was gay until months later. Watch. You can't even have a preference around a liberal. A liberal um, homosexual says, well, you should accept my lifestyle. But if you say, well, I accept your lifestyle, I just don't want my kid to be one. Well, you're a bit. Well, wait a minute. I accept the fact that you want to be homeless. I don't want my kid to be homeless. <laughs> I accept the fact that you want to smoke crack. I don't want my kid to smoke crack. What do we do from here? What do we do from here? Like, I think most people, I think a lot, I know a lot of my audience is going to hear you, really hear you, and go, this is the type of stuff that I think needs to be heard more. And I think that the group of people that are talking about this stuff is actually growing. I, I do mm -hmm. see this. At the same time, the people who don't want to hear us are getting more and more hysterical because that's all they got left. Even said they hate Dave Rubin because he's a gay man with the wrong opinion. Dave Rubin is gay? No! He got a husband? I did not know. I was in his presence. I didn't know.
I shook his hand. Ah! I sat down with him. Why would y'all tell? Why did y'all tell me before I went on the show? Oh, Stephen, why would you send me this? Oh my God, Stephen, you ruined my day. So, this was a conservative guest on Dave Rubin's show that compared being gay to smoking crack. Dave Rubin didn't even mention at any point, uh, I'm gay. What you're saying is incredibly harmful to say that you, you don't want a gay son spreads this information to the world that it's okay to hate, uh, hate gay people or even hate your kids if they're gay. Ruben didn't say anything about it. Let him go on. Let him have his, uh, his talk. And then only later on, this guy found out that Dave Rubin is gay. These are the kinds of people that Dave Rubin props up. Now, let me show this clip of, of uh, Ben Shapiro. So they've had a couple conversations about this, and I'm going to show <laughs> clips from both. So uh, just watch this conversation between Ben Shapiro, who uh, is intolerant of gay people, and Dave Rubin. Will you bake Rubin a wedding cake? <laughs> okay, so I mean, my answer is well, I'm married already. Right, he's, but, mar but, he's married would, already. But, but an anniversary. But, it was my anniversary last week. An anniversary cake would have been nice. Right. So, I, so the answer is no, and the okay. reason I won't is because as a religious Jew, I, yeah. I do not participate in activities that I believe are sinful. But again, we live in a free country, and Dave knows this. He doesn't have to care what I think yeah. about sin. Um, if we were having an anniversary party, would you come? If I was inviting all the crew that we all know, and we were just an anniversary party, we're just having a party. And, uh, and I'll even throw in some kosher food for you to make sure you don't have to bring your own food. You know, honestly, I'd have to think about it. I'd have to think about it in the same See, way. So that's interesting to me because yeah, that's, that's a different thing, you know? <laughs> By the way, a quick, quick note on that. I would also mention that like, in Judaism, it's not just like gay marriage that's off limits. It's intermarriage that's off limits. So if a member of my family were to intermarry, like yeah. marry somebody who's not Jewish, I wouldn't go to the wedding. Really? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, this is like a, it's, even, it's, so even if that, let's say it was your sister, for mm -hmm. example, um, even though I know she just got married and I met the guy and he's a nice true. guy. Nice guy, um, yeah. Even if that would do irreparable damage with your sister, well, in 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 you know my view, the, the irreparable the, damage is being done by the fact that like if you're brought up in a certain with a certain sense of values and rules, and then you abandon those values and rules, then uh, you know. All right. Now, on one hand, you almost have to hand it to Ben Shapiro for being principled in his intolerance of other people that aren't like him. I mean, to <laughs> to be against uh, or to not even be able to. Uh, attend anything that celebrates Dave being gay, and also to be against intermarriage. I mean, Ben Shapiro is not a good person, but he bases it in his religious text. Oh, it's okay that I hate other people because oh, that's what my religion says. It's okay to do. But let's go back to Dave Rubin's tweet again. Being tolerant of intolerance is pure fucking stupidity. So in Dave's own words, he is being purely fucking stupid by tolerating Ben Shapiro's intolerance. And the other tweet, the left sees bigotry everywhere except where it actually is. How about Dave Rubin, you don't see the bigotry that's right in front of your face. Now let me go to the next uh, Shapiro clip where this conversation continued in, in, uh, in a different interview. Um, but can I make a bold prediction? Sure. 30 years from now, we're going to be sitting here doing this, hopefully in a mm -hmm. bigger garage. <laughs> um, in Texas, and, probably. And yeah. you may well have moved me on the, uh, on the abortion issue, and I think I may 
have moved you on coming to an anniversary party? What, what do you think about that? I think there's a possibility. I mean, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to think about that again. The the issue, as you know, you know, not to get back yeah, into yeah, well-trod yeah. territory. Uh, you know, I, I I think it would be unlikely that you'd move me, but I, I can never rule out the possibility of being moved on anything. Obviously, um, and again, this is this comes back down to, you know, the difference between approving of activity and approving of, of human beings. The, you know, I wouldn't, if you invited me to a party on, on Friday night, I also wouldn't go, right? I mean, like, so, it's just not so something I do. So definitely not a Shabbat uh, anniversary. Uh, a Shabbat party. anniversary, I think, good. probably is out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a Sunday afternoon. Uh, a Sunday afternoon gay-ish anniversary, Doesn't, like, or, or maybe just, how about like you just a, have, like, a freaking barbecue, dude? Do, do, like, yeah, does well, everything well, have to be? No, but the, the party's not going to be gay. It's just, yeah, we'll have a barbecue. Okay. It'll just be a barbecue. It, it, Nothing right. gay is going to happen there. When, I, I wasn't worried it was going to turn into an orgy back there or something. Like, no I, wasn't, I wasn't worried you were going to bring out the village people or something. Do you know that like, gay people have parties just the same, well, Wait, what? What? No, that's crazy. Yeah. No, I was pretty well aware of that, in fact. And, in fact, as I've said a thousand times, happy to go out to dinner. My wife, your husband, happy to go out to dinner. And, and do any of that stuff, as long as it's not like, you know, rah, rah, here's the thing you think is sinful, join me in celebrating it. Like that's, but again, that appeals, that applies to a wide variety of sins that, it, I mean, listen, it's harder on, it's harder on members of my family than anybody else. Like I've said before, I wouldn't attend an intermarriage, right? Like a Jew marries an Andrew, I won't attend an intermarriage. Yeah. So th this is exactly the same issue. You know, I can't rule out that I'll think that you're a sinful piece of shit for the rest of your life, but you never know. I might change my mind. The the <laughs> this fucking Ben Shapiro is just a terrible person, and Ruben here actually appears to be bothered by it. He's like, nothing gay is gonna happen at the party. Just come to my gay party, please. Ben Shapiro's like, no, I don't think so. I'm not coming. I don't want to be gay. No, no orgies, please. Like the the whole thing is just completely. Uh, it's sad. It's really sad, and it's not even just like this is why I call Ruben a, a, a conservative propagandist. He not only allows these people to come on his show and basically tell him how tell Ruben how much of a piece of shit he is to his face, but he also props up anti-gay politicians. So I did a, a separate video on this, but let me just quickly go over. Ruben supports Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro. Jair Bolsonaro, who uh, is already making moves against the LGBT community. So let me just uh, share these couple of headlines. NBC News, LGBTQ uh, Brazilians on edge after self-described homophobic lawmaker elected president. Far-right Brazilian Congressman Jair Bolsonaro, who once said he'd be incapable of loving a homosexual son, will be sworn in as Brazil's president on January 1st. And this headline from The Guardian, Brazil must not become a gay tourism paradise, says Bolsonaro. LGBT campaigners say Brazilian president's comments risk inciting hatred. And I have a whole video discussing uh, Dave Rubin and Jair Bolsonaro and what Bolsonaro has done to the LGBT community uh, just so far in the first few months of his presidency. So check out that video if you want to learn more about that. But why is Dave Rubin like this? Money. I have another video discussing that aspect, but let me just share this clip where he's talking with one of his big financial backers, Dennis Prager. You, I... I want you to continue to say you're, you're a liberal because you're yeah. you're of great use uh, to to good value. Well, don't worry, I'm not doing it for my, for your use no, of I me. I'm doing that. I'm doing it for myself. I no, 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 no. Yeah. It's like Christians who say to me, 
you know, oh, we would love you to come to Christ, but you are so valuable to us as a Jew when you defend us Christians. Yeah. And they're right. You are valuable in, in the best sense of the word because the America needs people who are clearly a, 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 a liberal and who, and to be honest, and fall into the category of kosher as gay yeah. to say, hey, hello, the conservatives are not hate mongers. Hello, they should be heard. And maybe every so often you should read National Review right. or watch a Prager U video. All right, so uh, <laughs> Dennis Prager completely spilled the beans. Uh, I want you to continue saying you're a liberal. You're of great use. That's all you need to know. Ruben, oh, I'm not doing it for you. No, it's definitely not for the money. I'm doing it for myself. I love talking to people that hate me because I'm gay. It's fantastic. It's sad. And I don't understand this this choice of life. Chasing money in the face of people that hate you. It can't be all that fulfilling. Following another shooting at a synagogue, this time in California, Meghan McCain, who is apparently an analyst for ABC, said something really stupid. Watch. Much more quickly than they could with Christchurch, but that is a real issue. Yeah, and one that I think that Silicon Valley should have their feet held to the fire. I do think when we're having conversations about anti-Semitism, we should be looking at the most extreme on both sides. And I would bring up Congresswoman Ilhan Omar and some of her comments that got so much attention. And in my opinion, Nancy Pelosi wasn't hard enough in her response to her, you know, trafficking in anti-Semitic language, talking about all about the Benjamin Benjamins and how uh, Jewish people had hypnotized the world. So I think when you're talking about rhetoric and you want to talk about President Trump, and by the way, I agree that he needs to have his feet held to the fire as well. But we're we're talking about it on both sides of the aisle as well. Yeah, we got to talk about the extremes on both sides of the aisle. On one side, you have the president that is covering for white supremacy. And on the other side, you have Ilhan Omar being taken out of context by people like you who do no research and know nothing. Why exactly is Meghan McCain a political analyst on ABC? Let me show you. My father, 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 my my father, 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 my father. I am John McCain's daughter. Yeah. That's why Meghan McCain is even a known quantity. Why we even know who she is. Because of her father. And it also doesn't uh, hurt that her mom is an heiress to a beer fortune. So that also helps. So Meghan McCain, no qualifications, knows nothing, does no research, continues to spread misinformation on television. So let me um, just correct some of the things that she said here. So she said that uh, Ilhan Omar, oh, she said all about the Benjamins, that was somehow anti-Semitic. 
when it was just a widely used phrase from a Puff Daddy song, and she was uh, Ilhan Omar was saying it in response to Kevin McCarthy being motivated by APAC, a well-known lobby that works to the benefit of the right-wing Israeli government, which is engaging in human rights abuses against the Palestinian people. This was not anti-Semitic. This was a, crit- uh, a critique, a criticism of the Republican Party and really of politics as a whole in the U.S. that is largely influenced by APAC. Now, on the other part, uh, the other comment that Meghan McCain mentioned about Ilhan Omar, saying that, so Meghan McCain claimed that Ilhan Omar said that, quote-unquote, Jews hypnotize the world. That is not what Ilhan Omar said. Ilhan Omar uh, actually said, Israel has hypnotized the world. Israel, not Jews. Israel has hypnotized the world while doing evil. Again, she was saying this in relation to uh, APAC and how uh, the right-wing Israeli government is treating the Palestinian people. Now, she did apologize for saying uh, hypnotized because using the word hypnotized in a context like that can be offensive to Jewish people. So Ilhan Omar ended up apologizing for that comment. But the actual substance of what Ilhan Omar was talking about, not anti-Semitic, simply pointing out a fact of how the right-wing Israeli government is treating Palestinians. Now, let me also show you some reactions to um, Meghan McCain's stupidity. So uh, this, uh, these two tweets from the Director of Communications and Digital Outreach for the Women's March, Sophie Elman Golan. Meghan McCain, how dare you suggest that Ilhan Omar is in some way responsible for the murder of our people when the Poway Shooters Manifesto showed his penchant for violent Islamophobia and anti-Semitism alike? We know who is killing us. How dare you? Any news network choosing to put Meghan McCain on air to talk about anti-Semitism in the U.S. is slapping the American Jewish community in the face. We can speak for our damn selves. And this from journalist Glenn Greenwald. The idea that a black Somali-American Muslim immigrant was the inspiration for a psychopathic 8chan white nationalist to attack a synagogue is stunningly stupid and grotesque. Then again, so is the fact that you get treated as an important political analyst by having a famous dad. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody respects Meghan McCain. Uh, Nobody that knows anything about anything, about news, about politics, nobody has any respect for Meghan McCain. Meghan McCain doesn't know anything. And she keeps being put on television to spread this kind of misinformation. Now, while Meghan McCain was out here disparaging Ilhan Omar, Ilhan Omar was busy visiting a school in her district where she is inspiring thousands of kids. All right. Uh, I had to cut that video down because there was just too much happiness. <laughs> it went on for too long, but you can watch the whole thing if you want. I'll link to it uh, below the video. But look, this shows you how important Ilhan Omar is. She inspires thousands of kids, people that didn't have anybody representing them in, in Congress, anybody that looked like them. The, I mean, this is something I think a lot of white people don't understand because they live in this society that they've always been represented by people that look like them. But imagine living in a society where 
nobody in government looked like you. And you felt like your voice wasn't heard. That's how it's been for years and years and years for people in the Muslim community and people like Ilhan Omar who are Somali American Muslims. They had no representation until now. So Ilhan Omar is not only a vital voice because of her because of how she inspires people, but also because she's willing to call out human rights abuses regardless of the country, regardless of who it is. So she'll call it out if it's the right-wing Israeli government, and she'll also call it out if it's the Saudis. She does it all the time, but people like Meghan McCain will, want to, will try and paint her as an anti-Semite. Oh, stop attacking Israel. Ilhan Omar critiques human rights abuses all around the world, regardless of who it is. So when you see Meghan McCain on television, just be aware, she doesn't know anything. She has not studied politics. Her father was a senator. Her mom is an heiress to a fortune. That is the only reason anybody knows who Meghan McCain is. A new report out of Press Progress showcases Canada's failure in addressing offshore tax havens, even after the Liberal government claimed that they would be doing more to address this. So let me break down some of this information. According to data newly released by Stats Canada, Canadian corporations held a staggering $353 billion in 12 of the world's biggest tax haven destinations in 2018. At the top of the list, Canadian corporations report a holding $90 billion in the tiny European nation of Luxembourg alone. That's up $8.4 billion since 2017. Luxembourg is followed by Barbados at $65 billion, Bermuda at $47 billion, and the Cayman Islands at $40 billion. Now, to give you an idea of how insane this is, Luxembourg only has a population of about 600,000 people. 600,000 people, yet they're the third top destination for corporate investment behind the US and UK, two countries where you actually expect corporate money to be invested. And while these Canadian corporations are sending $90 billion to Luxembourg, there's $56 billion going back. Why? Well, Toby Sanger, executive director of the watchdog group Canadians for Tax Fairness, says corporate Canada is gaming the international corporate tax system by shifting profits between shell companies set up in multiple countries. Corporations are easily able to set up subsidiaries in tax havens where they can shift their profits, Sanger told Press Progress. They book all their profits in low or no tax jurisdictions while reporting no profit in countries such as Canada where they actually carry on their activities and make their real profits. So the bottom line here is that the wealthiest Canadians and the wealthiest corporations continue screwing the rest of us. As I've said again and again and again, the fight right now isn't really left-right because both the Liberal Party and the Conservative Party have engaged in allowing this kind of behavior to continue. The actual battle is top-down. It's the wealthy versus everybody else. So the people at the top have a good laugh when there is a fight between the Conservatives and the Liberals because they win either way. So the actual issue here is what these parties are doing to enable this kind of behavior to continue. Meanwhile, you have the NDP and the Greens actually willing to, at least in terms of the rhetoric, be tough on this issue, uh, in the case of the NDP more so. So let me just um, share what the NDP has been saying recently about this, and then I'll, I'll also uh, get to the Greens. So uh, recently, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh tweeted this out, saying, Decades of liberal conservative governments have rigged the economy. 
billionaire insiders have grown their wealth by 20 billion with stock options, loopholes, and offshore tax havens. What do most Canadians get? An unprecedented housing crisis and record family debt. And there's also this uh, recent story from Advisors Edge that broke it down, uh, broke the NDP's plan down, saying the the federal NDP's fiscal plan to focus on corporate tax avoidance. The party intends to take aim at Canada's so-called tax gap. And I'll link to that article below the video if you want to read more about what the NDP are are planning to, or how they're planning to address this. Now, let me also show you the Green Party. So, as I said, the Green Party has been less vocal about this issue. Um, so, uh, I really only found a tweet from se- uh, 2017 from Elizabeth May, the Green Party leader, on this. So, she tweeted out saying, Why does uh, the Canada Revenue Agency waste our tax dollars auditing students? Why not go after those with offshore tax havens? But I will say that their 2015 platform did include... Uh, uh, a way to address this. So uh, showing here, this is a a screenshot from their platform saying the Green Party supports closing loopholes on offshore tax havens estimated to be sheltering at least $12 billion from Canadian tax authorities. So you have two parties here that are willing to address this issue, yet Canadians keep voting for the Conservatives or the Liberals, which have just continued again and again and again to protect the wealthiest Canadians and the largest corporations.